Welcome to today's episode of The Square. We are here on the road again um, with another episode of The Square. I've got Joe LaRocca, who's the director of the Austin office and an architect in the commercial sector. We're here in the Austin office. Joe, thank you so much for having us in. I know it's kind of a thunderstorm when we come in. No, it's great to have you guys here. So we're going to talk a little bit about uh, design and a lot of different things, but I, I was perusing your Facebook page and I saw that you're a big fan of racing. Yes, you were stalking my Facebook Yeah, I was page. totally okay. stalking your Facebook page. Where does that come from? You know, just from uh, from having Coda here more than anything. Uh, I've been to almost every race that's gone on at Coda, and including the MotoGP, the motorcycle races and all that. So just something okay. I'm enthusiastic about. So is there a type of race that you feel like you just look down on that you're like, no, like it's F1 or it's, no, you know? No, actually, no. I mean, I, I went to the, uh, the first uh, NASCAR race that was here mm-hmm. this year as well, so... Have all, you, all racing. Have you been out to the F1 track? Is that where they race all? Yeah, that's that's the Coda track. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Everything Very cool. Um, well, I started watching Drive to Survive, and I'm just completely hooked now. I never yeah. thought I would be into racing, but I'm completely hooked. Yeah. There's just there's too much to watch, really. <laughs> so um, you have been in Austin for a while now, but that's not where you started. Right. I'm from Chicago originally. Okay. But, uh, I've been down down here since uh, early '90s. So. And, and you went to school in Chicago? In the University of Illinois, okay. in Champaign, yeah. And then um, how, why, why architecture? Was there, like, as a kid, were you doing Legos and drawing or? Well, I did, yes, I did a lot of Lego work, but I, um, actually, I took a drafting class when I was in uh, the seventh grade, mm-hmm. and I was hooked with architecture from that in moment on. In seventh grade? Seventh wow, grade. I knew that's, that's what awesome. I wanted to do, so. And it just, that was the passion that kept you all the way through. Kept me going, yeah. So. You know, you, you graduate from school, you're a fresh, new architect. What, how did your career progress? Yeah, so I, I was in Illinois at the time, and I had worked a, a couple summers at a firm, uh, a small husband and wife team there yeah. in Illinois. And uh, I joined them and uh, continued on for a couple of years, and that was historic preservation. Um, back at the time when we were just getting into CAD and AutoCAD, yeah. computer, things like that. So I... I started out by hand drawing, but pretty quickly moved into working on the computer. Yeah. Uh, after that, um, you know, I I worked for this uh, firm that did the semiconductor clean room, so it was a very special specialized setting, thing. right? Yeah. And that's actually what brought me here to Austin originally. Really, I uh, was just doing clean room work, um, designing semiconductor clean rooms. And then, how did you get to Corgan? Well, I, I joined a couple other smaller firms uh, here in Austin, but uh, it's funny because actually it, it's been about 20 years ago I met somebody that had uh, moved to Austin from Dallas, and she had been with Corgan, and I didn't know at the time, yeah. and just told me such great things about the firm, and uh, it, it's funny that uh, years later I and ended up with this opportunity. I mean, I was, you know, not really looking to move to Dallas, so yeah. it, was, it was a great opportunity when Corgan decided to open an office here. Yeah. That's how yeah, I know. Dallas up here. sucks. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's awesome. I'm, I'm, well, I'm certainly glad that you did. <laughs> it took a while to get here, but I'm here. <laughs> so I know that you're in the commercial sector right now, but you've done, you've, you've kind of dabbled in a lot of different sectors. Right. Is there things that you like about different ones that you kind of pull together, or is it just design in general? Well, I, I think uh, I, I tend to go towards the commercial side of things now just because I, I feel like I'm designing for a greater populace, I guess, mm. where more people 
uh, or in the office environment. Are there things that are specific? Because you did education too for a little while. I did a little bit of education. Did K twelve work. I've done some higher ed work in the past. So, what is it about commercial that appeals to you outside of those disciplines? I think it's just you know it's come on more even during the pandemic. Just realizing that people get up and go to work every day mm-hmm. and and trying to make that environment where uh, it, it's it's an enjoyable place to be and and you know you spend so much of your time in the office so trying to make something that you know you're not going to dread going to every day and yeah. something that has great experiences for you it's well especially considering how much we ta- how much time we spend in the office compared to pretty much anywhere else in our lives right it's, it needs to be a good experience is there something what is it that brought you to austin from illinois having i did my college was in Austin, in uh, in Illinois, and it's it has its its definite pros, but it's not exactly like Austin. <laughs> right. Well, I actually I didn't know very much about Austin at all. Um, I had I had seen uh, you know Austin City Limits on yep. the PBS. That was kind of my introduction to Austin. But I was working in um, semiconductor fabs at the time, and there was just a need for that here in Austin. There were quite a few uh, projects. AMD and Samsung was coming in, so. Um, just that's kind of what brought me here initially and um, after I got here I just fell in love with it and mm-hmm. haven't looked back since do you have like a barbecue joint that's like your place to go when you're really craving some well the salt lick yeah. is out close to where I live so there you go <laughs> so I've been a part of Corgan for going on nine years now and one of the things that I just had, had no clue about because I don't had an I didn't have an architecture background before coming was the joy that architects seem to have when they walk into a project that they designed and it's it's been for potentially years at a time just in their head or just on paper and then you get to physically walk through it what was that like for you the first time you did it um yeah i mean the, it, it's just it's a great feeling and it's especially when you know it's it's been a successful run yeah. and that you've actually met what the clients ex- you know expecting and kind of go beyond that so um what was that first project for you you know the one that uh sticks out to me the most here in austin uh we just did this little boathouse uh as part of a the waller creek tunnel project here mm-hmm. and uh there were so many uses, so many user groups. We had like 26 different user groups that were going to use it. So we, we spent a lot of time trying to incorporate all that, all those ideas into yeah. this design. And uh, when it was finished, uh, it pretty much hit the mark. And it was, it was pretty exciting after spending so much time doing that. Like you said, it was a three-year process. Yeah. But, uh, what was unique about it? What's, what's your favorite part about it? Just that it's, you know, it's part of the... Uh, the Austin skyline right now it's yeah. just it's right there on the lake and uh, you know the public can enjoy it. it it used to be sort of a private club and now it's it's open to everybody so uh, they use it for venues there's a little cafe there and, that's awesome yeah. so let's talk a little bit about empathetic design um, you know though one of the one of the things that I think is really fascinating for me about empathetic design is you know there's there's ADA requirements and that's a great step but empathetic design really pushes past that and it pushes into um, making people feel like they belong in a space that was intentionally designed for them. Tell me a little bit about that. Right. I think, you know, empathetic design is, is just more than than designing for ADA and disabilities and things like that. It's, it's really designing for everybody regardless of disability or age or social status, things like that. So I, I think it's, it's, 
it's universal and, and just trying to design a space that works for everybody. One of the things I've been pressed about the more I read about empathetic design and particularly how we approach empathetic design is that it's this it's a range of, of design that's targeted to a range of people. It's not just um, you know you, you you are blind or you have a physical disability. There's this idea we, I saw this graphic that's from Microsoft of how there's um, permanent, you know, disability, there's temporary disability, and there's even situational disability that only happens when you're in a certain situation. How do you kind of uh, design for all of those different possibilities? Yeah, I think that's important. I think uh, one of my first opportunities to kind of see that, I, I was working with the uh, Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired, and a lot of the things we were doing were related to colors, and, mm -hmm. and, and you know, in, in my mind, I was trying to understand, you know, why is color important to somebody that can't see? And I recognized as I was going through this that there's just all these different levels of challenges that mm -hmm. people face. So it's not you're handicapped or mm -hmm. you're, you're, not, you're or disabled you're not. or you're not. Right. It's, there's this wide range in, in between. And uh, I've experienced sort of this, this temporary uh, disability idea uh, recently with my daughter because she's uh, in the fifth grade and just fractured her ankle. So mm -hmm. she's on crutches. And, you know, this is a temporary situation, but there are different challenges that we have to face every day. Even uh, just in your home. Just in our home yeah. and, and dropping her off at school. You know, we've got a, a line of cars behind us that yeah. are impatient to get out of the way because yeah. my daughter's getting out of the car on crutches. And I bet that's not anything you thought about before this happened. No. And then, you know, we had to we had to think of ways, you know, how can we do this? Uh, how can we drop her off in a different place where we're not, you know, singling her out and, right. and making her the, the focus of attention. So it's really about addressing all these ideas and not, not calling it out and making it a minority or a right. specific. Is there, is there a project that stands out where you were able to kind of exercise a lot of that idea? Yeah, the, uh, the currently we're under construction for the PCSI project mm. here in Austin. And um, it's a firm that PCSI does contract work and they have about 1,700 employees, and many of those employees have some type of physical disability. Got it. So when they designed their headquarters here, they wanted to to make something that was universal, that um, you know that any everybody could feel at home, and that they weren't singled out or right. call it separately. So uh, Melissa Jeffries in the Houston office did quite a bit of the work on this project, and I, you know we, Corgan's just done an amazing job on it. The um, the focal point sort of of this project is this ramp, which takes you from the garage on the lower level. Mm -hmm. It works you around a tree court with a, a nice big ornamental tree and then into the main lobby. And then as you enter that lobby, you, you can continue on that ramp, go up and you'll, you'll pass by a signage uh, concept that the signage and, brand, signage and branding team has come up with. Yeah. And it gives you the history of PCSI. So it's almost like it's, it's part of the experience. Yeah. And it's this, weird, it's this weird kind of reversal of things to me because if you are just the typical person that gets dropped off at the front door and you walk through the door, you, you kind of miss part yeah, of that experience. Absolutely. So it's, it's something where we've kind of reversed the role and, uh, and it's really... Well, again, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's something that is... You can't help but imagine when somebody is is using that ramp because of a disability, they realize it's intentionally designed for them. Right. It's it's just part of the experience. It's a way to get you from point A to point B. But 
So aside from physical disabilities, are there things that you've had to think about, for example, with the ramp in terms of, you know, color or sound or anything like that? We've we've used uh, tactile mm -hmm. information on the side of the ramp and, um, and throughout the project where people that, uh, if they are using a cane, will kind of know when they're getting to the edge of a space. Uh, we've used color quite a bit. We the the rooms are all identified by use by a different color. So there's a mm. panel next to each door. If there's a if it's red, it means it's either an office or yellow, it's a conference room. Yeah. So different things like that. So across the office, you can kind of tell what that room is is used for mainly. Uh, so you 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 talked a little bit about the ramp and and how that became a central element. Were you able to do anything outside? I mean, Austin is such a cool outdoor space. Right. We have a we have a big. Um, lawn area actually where we've got some trellises and outdoor areas and the idea is to do you know to be able to use that to exercise mm -hmm. and and do yoga that type of thing uh so just kind of a wellness idea that we incorporated into it as as well i love that certainly with pcsi i'm, I'm sure with any project there is a, you know this aspect of needing to address the unique needs whatever they are of the client how do you address that in the design process you know, we really spend a lot of time to try to understand the client and their, their workflow and their process and everything because, you know, we're, we're working with clients that are not architects and designers. So what's important to them is usually based on what they do on a daily basis as mm -hmm. far as schedule. So we, we really take time to, to get in and, you know, spend an afternoon at least, uh, maybe, maybe longer, just to try to understand daily what do you do, who do you see, who comes to visit you. Yeah. So we spend a lot of time on that just to understand what their needs are going to be. I can imagine as an architect, each project leaves its mark on you um, and, and it becomes a library of things that you use on future projects. What do you think PCSI will do for you in that regard? I think it'll, it'll help me to think a lot of these concepts early on and just include them in design and not, not treat them as afterthoughts. I mean, mm -hmm. I think a lot of the the accessible entry issues, a lot of the way we identify offices and spaces. I think those are things that are just going to be natural from now on and not specific to a particular client. Yeah. I love the idea of it moving beyond just accessibility, again, in terms of how people get into a building, but a building that makes people feel differently and maybe, again, belong, like they belong or accepted when they go into it. As your, as your career progresses, you obviously have a lot more experience. What are the things that stick out with to you from the practice of architecture versus you know the the education of architecture well I think I, I look at architecture differently than I did in in school obviously you know you spend a lot of time on design in school and what I've come to look at architecture is is a, a problem-solving profession really and you, you do that in a lot of different ways I mean there's creative ways to problem solve so you you don't lose that design aspect but it's really about day-to-day -day just you know addressing so many different issues and making sure that you're responding to your client and to your staff and it's just a lot of problem solving <laughs> what what do you see as the future for the Austin office oh we're, we're going gangbusters right now we're I noticed behind us like there's like one <laughs> office desk one open <laughs> open desk right we have uh, you know three different teams here and all three teams are, are growing like crazy so we're really excited we have a lot of uh, development projects that are coming up that we're pursuing and 
uh, we're finishing up the PCSI project and a couple others that we're going to get photographed. And that's awesome. It's just it's all it's all good from this point forward. Well, Joe, thank you so much for being here and, and letting us come invade your space. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're glad to have you guys. And thank you so much for watching this episode of The Square. You know, if you want to learn more about empathetic design and some of the things that we've been talking about, in the description below will be a few links, including one to the Age Sim suit, which allows designers to experience spaces as a member of the aging population. Thanks so much for watching this episode of The Square. <laughs>